You're listening to The Shelter, Stories of Redemption. If you would like to donate to this ministry, please visit ProvidenceRescueMission.org. Now, here's your host, Michael David. Hey guys, Michael David here from The Shelter Podcast, where we tell stories of redemption. Today we have a special guest, PJ, and he has a pretty cool story about everything from kids to... um, Growing up with a family who parties a lot, having two kids divorced, um, and coming to the mission. So let's talk to PJ about this message. PJ, how's it going today? Yeah, it's doing great, doing great. PJ, so we're talking off microphone earlier. You said that you grew up in a family that was very, um, lots and lots of drinking. Mm-hmm. Um, how old were you when you realized your family was like that? Uh, it had to be about... Seven, seven years old. Now, were you close to your parents? Very close. Uh, even until they are they still alive? Uh, no, uh, my mom is, but my dad passed. Now, were you close to both of them until until this day, or yes? So, when you said your parents' party, what does that actually mean? Well, you know, the celebrations like you know Easter, you know. Alcohol was like alcohol yeah. was like the Thanksgiving dinner. Yes, yes. And then there was also turkey involved. Yes. <laughs> yes. Plus, yeah. So how old were you when you had your first drink? I had to be about 15, 16 years old. And did your parents were your parents comfortable with you drinking? Or were they more did they understand the negative effects of the alcohol? No, not really. I, um I actually think I got introduced, uh, my father gave me my first beer. Really? Yes. See, I was just, I was just talking uh, to, was, a, was Brian earlier, mm. about how fathers don't understand the importance of their relationship with their sons. A lot of times, stuff that kids go through is because... They learned it, or they were pushed in that direction, or whatever, from their parents. Um, what happened when you had your first drink? Was that the start of it? Not really. I didn't like the taste of it. Okay. <laughs> so what caused you to start drinking? Well, my first job. And that was? I was... Uh, Working at a restaurant, it was a dishwasher. Okay. And it had a bar in there. And being around that kind of environment, you know, seeing things, and you know, it led to me. Having your first drink having, and starting yes, enjoying it. Yes. Now, when you started drinking, um, it was a more of a social kind of a thing. Yes, it was. Yeah. And then, so you were in high school at this time. Mm-hmm. And how were you in high school? Your grades good? Where... Um, high school, they were great. Yeah. yeah. And then you, so you were 15, you had your first job, you were, you were drinking. Mm-hmm. Um, when did that drinking socially start becoming more of an issue? Um, because you had, you had a great job out of high school. You had right. a great job. Yeah. What was it with the lighting company? Yes, it was. Um, yeah. Um, I ended up getting, uh, new friends, Yeah. you know, and then, um, we would go out. After work, after work, I was never, never into going to bars or anything like that. But I started going to bars, and you know we would be there for a few hours, or whatever. But it eventually, it started getting 
gradually more and more. But um, I ended up getting married. And how did you, how did you how did you meet your wife? I'm a sucker for a good love story. Well, guess what? High school sweetheart. That see, so, <laughs> see, I told you not to bang on the desk, but yeah. that deserves a bang right there. <laughs> so that I was sucker for love stories. My it's, it's funny. So like, my wife hates chick flicks. Mm. I love chick flicks. I'll be the one crying on the couch, and she'll be like, "What is your problem?" I'm like, "I'm not crying." I'm watering the grass with my face. Big difference. <laughs> so you met your childhood sweetheart. Yeah. That's pretty awesome. Yeah. Or high school sweetheart, should I say? Yeah, high school. Yeah. So what happened? Uh, we ended up eventually uh, getting married. Um, we had two wonderful uh, girls. Nice. Um, Amanda and Kelly. Nice. You know, unbelievable kids. Um, the relationship um, kind of went south- Maybe probably around eight and nine years into it. What was the root issue, you think? Uh, we just started going our separate ways, you know, having different uh, thoughts, you know. Now now you're a Christian. Mm-hmm. Were you a Christian back then? No, I was Catholic. You were Catholic. Um, which, as we know, Catholic is different than Christian. Yes. Very different. Yes. Uh, you know, it might seem similar at the core mm. or at the surface, but when you get to the core, it's, it's different. Mm. Especially the way you deal with problems because well we'll get we'll get into that after but so anyway so you were catholic you had marriage issues Mm -hmm. did you did you try to work on it or uh we did a little bit but we were supposed to go to a counseling but we never did okay yeah do you do you regret that or do you wish that you actually worked on it actually now i probably should have worked on it yeah yeah now you had two kids how were they affected by it well Within after the divorce, my drinking got a little worse and worse. You know. And I was just gonna. I was just gonna ask you that question. So, usually, there's two hundred people who drink. The people who drink to get drunk, and not remember things mm-hmm. or to medicate. And there's people who drink because, from what I under now I don't drink at all. But from what I understand, there's those kind of people who drink, and then there's people who drink because they love the feeling of that of being. Buzzed. Or yes. Or, yeah. Yeah. That's what, that was me. That was you. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Um. So getting back to when I was getting oh, when I was married. Um. Yeah. We used to go to parties, like for the families. Yeah. You, you know. and your wife. Yes. But what was happening is she didn't like going to the parties on my uh, my side because of the alcohol. Now, did your wife? Did your wife drink at all? Very. Very rarely. So she was more of a social drinker, but a light social drinker. Correct. And she might have one, it's kind of like me. Like, I don't really drink at all. Mm-hmm. I might have a drink here and there. Yes. But a person who drinks on a regular basis mm-hmm. has more to drink than I would in a whole year in two days. Yeah. Kind of a thing. So, yeah, you see, continue. Um, all right. Um, so... We, I started going to the parties myself. Yeah. I would take, we would take the kids there. I would have them for a little while. Then she would take them and go to her family's. But I would stay at my family's. And drink. And, yeah. Now, when those parties were over and you came home, were you drunk? Um, not really. Mm-hmm. Just a little buzzed. But I, Enough to cause an argument with the wife. Yes. 
Um, so that ultimately, so ultimately you're drinking and family. Would you say it was directly your family or would you say it was your drinking? Cause like if you didn't drink, but your family drank, would you still, would you still have the, would your wife still have the issue? I think it was more, to, more me. The drinking? Yes. Now, when you drank, did you become a different person? Um, once I started drinking the hot stuff. And when did that come into play? That was after uh, the plant shut down. And when, when did that, that was your first job? You were there for 31 years? Yes, I was. Okay, and um, for everyone who doesn't know that he worked at a lighting company for 31 yes, years. I did. It shut down. Mm-hmm. Did it shut down while you were married or bef- after you were married? That was after my uh, marriage. Okay, so you and your wife got divorced mm-hmm. after because of the drinking, different ways. Mm-hmm. Um, plant shuts down. Yeah, plant shut down. I ended up getting that money. The sure. Show. Yeah, and um, you were living like a king for a little yes, while. Yes, I was. <laughs> so I figured, okay, I'm gonna do that. You know, and just sitting around the house, doing nothing. Gets you in trouble. Yeah. You know, so my that's when my uh, drinking started progressing. Yep. And the beer wasn't doing it. So I ended up going to, uh, you know, like vodka and stuff. And like that, was that. Your, that was your drink of choice, vodka? Mm. Yeah. So at this time, you're, di- you're divorced. You're, the settlement comes in. Mm-hmm. Not, well, the severance pay yeah, comes in. Yeah. Not settlement. The severance pay. Big difference. Yes. <laughs> and... Um, so the severance pay comes in. You're getting a pension from this company. You're retired. You're divorced. Where are the kids in this situation? Um, after the divorce, I ended up getting custody. Uh, I'm not full custody, you know. Half I get custody, them on, yeah. Get them on the weekends. Sure. Every other weekend. Great. Yeah. Uh, how was your relationship during this time? Did, like, did your kids see you drink? Um. Yes, they did. Now, how old are they now? Um... Uh, 30, 30, 31, and uh, 25, 26, something like that. How was the divorce on that? It was kind of rough. Was it? Yeah. Explain that to me here. Well, because they were young. Yep. You know, they didn't understand it, but, you know, they didn't have the dad there. You Correct. Know? And, and it's, you know, it's just, drove them, you know. How was your relationship now? After this place? Being here, correct. Awesome. But yeah, that's that, that's that's pretty incredible. I want to get I want to get into that in a second. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. when did you realize that sitting home, being enjoying the life, running out of money, all of a sudden you're like, this is not cutting it. Yeah. Oh uh, well, actually, I had seizures. Really. Yes. Was it because of the alcohol? Yes, alcoholic seizures. Really? Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, I probably had four or five of them, you know, and I was getting up. I couldn't stand. If I was going in the shower, I would have to hold myself up or else I would have fell down. You did, know. did you get injured at all in these seizures? Uh, yes, I did. In what way? Um, falling off a porch. You fell off a porch? <laughs> yes, I did. Holy cow. Yeah, um, I hit my head. That is nuts. Yeah. And uh, I woke up in the hospital. Were you by yourself or? No, it was with people. Well, at least someone was there. Yes. Because you wouldn't be here right now, possibly. Right. So you had the seizures, mm-hmm. and that was caused from the alcohol that you were yes. saying? Yes. Okay. And um, 
I was talking to my daughter, and she, Dad, you gotta get help. Yeah, 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 you know? yeah. And um, my daughter mentioned her father-in-law, and I guess they were talking, and he told me about this place. Sure. Providence Rescue Mission. Yeah. And they persuaded me to come because um, I couldn't stay at my mom's anymore. That's where I was staying. Okay. After I got divorced. Sure. So how long you how long did you live with your mom? Uh, probably another 15, 16 15 years. years. Yeah. Yeah. You were, you were the youngest of four. Five. Five. Yeah. Where are the where are your brothers at this time? At this time. Yep. Um, they live in Pawtucket. You know. Are you guys close? Uh, we were. Okay. Did the alcohol? Yeah. Yeah, kind of burnt bridges. Can those bridges bridges be rebuilt? They are. That's awesome. They are right now, as we speak. That's awesome. Yeah. So you're living with your mom, and then you hear about the rescue mission, mm-hmm. and then what happens next? Um, my ex brought me here. Get the crap out of here. She's worried about me. So far, so I want to get this straight, and this is this is why I like this story so far. Um, your ex divorced, mm-hmm. but she cared enough about you. Yes. Years later, mm-hmm. to want help to come back to you. Yes. That's awesome. That's kind of unique, because usually when you burn a bridge like that, no, nobody on that other end of that bridge wants to come back. Mm. So what was it you think? Faith. And you, were you a Christian at this time? Not until I came. Here? Amen. So what did she say to you that she wanted you to come back? Well, we're not together. She, she want, We just get along a lot better. That's great. But yeah. what was it that... How did she approach you at this point to get here? How did she, she even know she, about this place? She just told me about the kids. I want you to get help. I want you to get help. You're not... You're not to be like this, you know? Yeah. And she really, really cares for me. Now, does she end up remarrying? Uh, she's not remarried. Okay. But, uh, but she has a... Significant other. Yes. Okay. And you are not remarried either? No. Okay. Um, so you're, so you, she convinces you to come here. Mm-hmm. Were you open to the idea? Not at first. Okay. But I... What was the resistance? I didn't think, I didn't think I needed help. Now, looking back, did you need the help? Yes. Okay. So you, now we bring you to the Providence Rescue Mission. Mm. You know, just kind of recap here. So you were the youngest of four boys. Your mom and your dad, um, they were drinkers. Mm-hmm. Um, you had your first drink at 15. You worked at a restaurant. They had a bar there. You started your drinking there. Um, you ended up meet, mar- marrying your high school sweetheart. Had two beautiful daughters. Mm. Your wife was not comfortable with your drinking, was not comfortable with your family's drinking, and your drinking ended up really causing the divorce. Correct. Um, years later, you lived with your mom for about 15 years. Um, you were still drinking. You retired and also got a pension from the lighting company. Mm-hmm. Um, the lighting company uh, gave you a big severance, and you used all that severance, and a good majority of it were, was for drinking. And there came a point where the drinking that you did was um, beer wasn't cutting it. Correct. 
So you went on to more the hard stuff. Your drink of choice was vodka. Now we come to a point where years later, probably it might be surprising to some, was surprising to me, but your ex-wife got you to the Providence Rescue Mission to get help. Correct. So now you're here. You don't, you're not a Christian yet, but you're here. What happens next? What happens next? Um, I'm just trying to turn my life around. Um, I love back getting back into the Word, having Christ on my side, having me walk that uh, path, not bearing off. So let's break down a little. Let's break it down a little bit more. So when you got here, um, what was your first day like? Were you nervous? Were you kind of like, why am I here? Absolutely, I was. Totally nervous. Yeah. Totally nervous. I didn't know what was going on, you know. But it, it took me like about a week. Okay. To uh, relax and, you know, get to know the program. Now, did you become, did you do the disciple program? Yes, I did. How did this, tell me, can you tell us what that's about? Well, there's work, there's classes, there's counseling, um, everything. It was It was wonderful, you know. I got to learn the word, get back into the word, because I, I missed it for many, many years. Yeah. Because um, when I was a Catholic, I went to church every weekend yeah. with uh, my mother or father. And then, like, once I got married, that's when it stopped. I stopped. But coming here and finally get back into the word lifted me up, you know. And then my growth has become a lot more spiritual. Well, when was the last time you had a drink? Jeez. I've been here, what? Four over years? Two, over two, two years. years? Yeah. Do you miss it? No. Do you have the urge? No. That's awesome. So you're clean from alcohol. Yes. God, res- God has used the mission to really change your life. And what I like about the mission, it's not only changed your life, and it's changed the people in here. Like we interviewed Kevin, we interviewed Ronald, we interviewed Brian, and so on. But it also changes other people's life. Because when your life's changed, it's like an overflow into other people's Mm -hmm. lives. Like as you were saying, the bridge has been rebuilt for your brothers. Correct. Now explain that to me now. Well, they seen I got the help. They see a different person. And it's, we talk. That's awesome. You know, so. How about your daughters? My daughters, I probably talk to them probably three or four times a week or more. Really? I was supposed to be getting together uh, this weekend. Nice. Yeah. That's awesome. I have a daughter and I have a son. I love them differently. I love them as the same amount, mm-hmm. but it's differently. My daughter, um, so... Little backstory. I was a. I'm a I used to be a wedding photographer, and I would always see the father son, the father daughter um, dance, mm-hmm. and I would be like, I can't wait for that to happen. If I have a daughter, that's what I, I can't wait for that moment. So I had a daughter. Hey, bald. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I had that moment, and yeah. um, where I have my first daughter. She's seven years old, and when she was born, we would dance to a song by Stephen Curtis Chapman. It goes, "I will dance with Cinderella," and. Um, 
And there's another song that goes, you are so beautiful. Goes, you are so, that song, I'm not going to sing because I sound <laughs> stupid. But <laughs> um, that father-daughter relationship, and now my daughter, she's seven, and she's very different than me. She's very like, don't touch me, da, 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 da. no hugs, no kisses. Da, da, da. And I'm, I come from an Italian family. We hug and kiss all the time. Mm-hmm. But I love when my daughter gets excited and when she gives me a hug or whatever, I love the father-daughter relationship. So, um, yeah, you, whenever I hear when, like you just said, your relationship with your daughter is awesome, I love hearing that because I love, love my daughter having that father-daughter relationship. It's not easy, mm-hmm. but when you put the work into it, it's so refreshing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so what are, they up to, what are they up to nowadays? Um, my oldest, she's a school teacher, and uh, my youngest, she works for... Uh, Triple um, A, but nice. she's getting a bachelor's degree uh, in a couple of weeks. So here's the question for you: Are you surprised that now? Hey, well, let me let me backtrack here. Was there how were you ever out of their life, or were you always there, but maybe the drinking got in the way, or how? What happened? The drinking did get in the way. I was out of their life for a while. Are you surprised how successful? Because, like, if you think about it, I don't know from an emotional standpoint, but from a work standpoint, not having a father, but still being able to finish school, get jobs, be a teacher, and work for AAA. Now she's going to get her bachelor's. Are you surprised that there wasn't much more damage than there was? Yes, absolutely. That's awesome. And it's definitely God has hand. God had His hand on you and your family's life because it could have been a lot worse. Mm-hmm. And uh, thankfully, thankfully, it wasn't. Right. So, what do you do here at the mission now? I'm a uh, second shift for, uh, supervisor for the uh, over the overnighters. Nice. How do you like it? I love it. What would happen if you didn't come to the mission? I wouldn't be here. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Like dead wise. Dead wise, probably. Really. So the mission is actually a good thing. Yes. Yeah, I, I, I don't, the reason why I ask that question is because I want people who are listening to really understand that we need the mission and things of that nature because the mission, like I said, it's a privately funded. They don't receive any money from the government. They receive money from people like me and people who are listening right now. And with the funds that they get, they use it for literally help the homeless and the addicts. And I knew about the mission for years, but I didn't know exactly what they did till I started serving here a little bit more, doing the podcast, doing some video work and things of that nature. They really do help people here and they care about people here. Um, what do you, what do you say? What do you say to that? Like, what do you think? It's, for me, growing spiritually, I love helping them people out. You know, it's, it, this place has done a lot and it's, it's an excellent place to come, you know, better yourself and to learn how to um, give back. Yeah. You know. Where do you see, like, what's your plan? How long do you plan on staying here longer or do you? Yes. Yeah? Yes. Um, do you plan on ever leaving or what are you thinking or do? Um, at the moment right now, I'm not thinking really uh, – too much I like what I'm doing right now. Well, I love the fact that you're serving back, like you're mm-hmm. giving back. Yes, I am. And that's the one thing I, I, I've said it on this podcast many times is that 
we should be following Christ as to what you are. And what I'm saying that is the Bible says, for Christ did not come to be served, but to serve and give his life as a ransom for many. Mm-hmm. You know, you realize that ultimately you did have a problem and that you came here to get help. You got the help you need. Now you're serving the people who yes. are here. To me, that's awesome. And I really commend you for that. Thank you. Well, we're going to end the podcast now. Uh, we had a great, great conversation with PJ. PJ, thank you so much. And as I said before, we are the shelter. Um, the podcast is really for the Providence Rescue Mission. The Providence Rescue Mission is a nonprofit organization. If you want to donate, you can go to the providencerescuemission.org. You can donate there. We're 100% privately funded, which means we don't get any money from the government. Gina Romando gives us nothing, which is okay, which is perfectly fine. But the best part is that it's because of people like you and your donations, you guys really help us stay open and help us serve people like PJ and people who come in every single day. All right, PJ, thank you so much for coming. Thank you very much. And once again, this was the Shelter Podcast where we tell stories of the redeemed. (laughs) 